decided to join us. I'm not sure if you can hear the storm in the background, but if you can, well, she's here with us today. Uh, but what we really are here to do is welcome you to this special bonus episode of the Massive Fans Book Club podcast that we are calling Akatar from a dude's perspective. But first, Yay! a little bit of housekeeping per the usual. Little ears need not listen. We will be talking about all sorts of stuff from the first book and, you know, also the swearing. Uh, anyway, in more exciting news, we are so thrilled to have you all listening with us, and in a few short weeks that we've been posting these podcast episodes, we've managed to get a couple hundred listens and downloads, and we are so incredibly grateful to each and every one of you for hanging out with us. Absolutely. That said, we would like for anyone and everyone to be able to find us, and we know that different platforms have different algorithms that rely on reviews and ratings. So, we would like to kindly ask that you all subscribe and rate or review this podcast on whatever platform you listen. And once you've done that, head on over to our website and use our contact us form to tell us what platform you reviewed on, what your username is on that platform so we can verify the review, and then tell us your address because the first 20 people to do that will receive a thank you note from us with our first ever massive fan stickers. We got your swag! We're super excited because they're going to be super cute and they're going to help you announce your survival of mass destruction status. <laughs> Gotta survive. Gotta survive. Our website link, as always, is in the show notes. Um, all right. I think that's it. Kim, is there anything else we're missing before we jump in? No, not that I can think of. Well, then cool beans, because today we have our first guest, a friend of mine from college who I somehow was able to convince to read these books. And uh, so it's time for us to welcome the dude of the episode. Hi, Matt. <laughs> hey, Matt. How you doing? I know that I kind of convinced you to read the books with a very poorly done voice memo description one day. But uh, overall, what was like your draw Please. to the book? <laughs> the description was spot on. It, it was incredibly accurate. Um, I guess first, before I get into that too much, a little bit about me. I, Kelsey and Kim both have theater degrees. I know Kelsey from college, like she said, it's my first time talking to Kim. It's freaking awesome. Um, they both have theater and education backgrounds. I have an accidental theater background. Um, Those are the best type. I, I do like the technical side where I don't have to actually be there for the show. I don't usually know what the show's about. I just show up and like put stuff together it's a lot of fun um i'm a fireman in my day job i work on an ambulance and a fire truck and do nerd stuff in my downtime uh before i got on here tonight i was at yoga before that i was playing mass effect for like six hours it's, it's awesome um cool. as far as what i read i didn't feel like this was too far out of my wheelhouse i read a little bit of everything i'm reading a book about world war ii right now but before that was about a uh is the Nipsey Hussle biography. The book before that was the second book in the series that we're talking about. And I don't remember what was before that. I've been listening to podcasts and like checking boxes for stuff I'm supposed to do while I'm here. So I, I got you guys covered. I know. Um, I was going to say, you did it. You introduced yourself and I was like, oh, I wasn't going to make him do that if he didn't want to. I'm so appreciative. <laughs> I'm here for it. We can do it right. Um, as far as what got me to read the book, it was Kelsey's voice memo, like she said. I also have a friend named Sammy who 
had I'm always looking for people to recommend me books because I don't know that many people read books because for some reason it's a dying art. But anyway, um, so my friend Sammy had recommended his book like, I don't know, like three or four months before Kelsey had. And I was like, yeah, that sounds cool. I'll check that out. And then I didn't. And then uh, Kelsey's like, hey, you should read these books. I'm like, all right, wait a minute. That sounds familiar. All right, that's two people. That's that's enough to act on. Because um, apparently that's how my brain works. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> it's fair. Kim had to tell so, me about the books for six months. <laughs> so also, like, I got the book. And then it must have been in, like, January or something. I volunteered at a cold weather, like homeless shelter during that time. I do a bunch of the overnights because nobody else wants to. So I crushed this 400 page book in like, I don't know, like six hours. Wow. Yeah, you like did I, I, because you announced <laughs> to me that you were going to start reading it. And then yeah. I went to bed and when I woke up, you were done. <laughs> yeah. So like I read it all in one shot. It was a little bit because I didn't have anything else to do, but also because it was really good. Um, like I did, I'd do it again. She, she is one of those authors, and I, I say that because I read, like, my, my, Kelsey will tell you, I plow through books, and yeah. um, I read all the time. I'm constantly reading stuff, and I have two or three books at any given time that I'm in the middle of, right. and, and, you know, Sarah J. Mass, one of the things I love about her is that she, her writing is so good, like, you just, she sucks you in, and yeah. you get invested, and you're like, I gotta know what's happening, I gotta know what's happening. Right, right. Yeah, so, that was how I got to reading the book and then by the end of it like I don't know I think it was like six in the morning I'd been up all night because it's I got there at like five and I got done at 5 p.m got done at like 7 a.m and I had ordered the second book before I left so I was I was into it and I read however many buffer books and then read the second book I didn't get through that in the whole in one night but pretty close i was say but you still got through like relatively quickly because you were again you announced that you were going to start the second book. Yeah. Like, okay, let me know what you think as you're reading through it and i literally heard from you like twice you read like two-thirds of the book in one go and then like the next like a couple days later you read the rest of it in like one go and i was like oh wow <laughs> yeah so i don't remember how long the second book is but it's longer than the first book yeah by, by a decent amount so like i i couldn't get I didn't have the time to get through it all in one go, but, but yeah, the second book was good too. I've got the third one. Third one's very good, but the second book is actually my favorite in the series so far. It's, it's, I know we're here to talk about the first one, but I like the second one better. Um, Well, yeah. Not not that I didn't like the first one, but I like the second one better. That's okay. Don't worry. We will then do another bonus episode called Akamath from a dude's perspective. (laughs) So then you can have feelings about the second book. (laughs) I'm, I'm here for it. I got I got, uh, well, we'll get to, we'll get to that later. I, I have some very strong feelings about book two. Very yeah. strong feelings. Yeah. It's, uh, it, in, it evokes them. So, um, but as far as like what I thought of the book, obviously I liked it because I read it all in one go and like that enough to get the second one. I thought that the characters are good. I thought that they were all really well thought out. I also like for me, uh, one of my favorite series and it's at this point, it's a video game series of books and um a tv show now uh, is the witcher and the witcher just has just outstanding like it's a it's an incredible world and part of that is different monsters so like cereal and the adder and the boggy or, or however you say it like You're right. those are great for me. um because like 
the way they were described, I could see them in my head and I'm like, oh, yeah, I want to fight that thing. Um, <laughs> so versus so, Tim and I were like, which, we want to avoid that thing. <laughs> right. I don't like, know, the cereal cool. The cereal's kind of cool. I wouldn't mind cereal. Yeah, so the guy I could yeah. do without, the boggy I could do without. Right. I could totally do without the Midgard worm. Sure, sure. Um, but now we know how because somebody showed us how to how to beat it. So this is true. I feel like we're cheating this at this point. But, yeah. yeah, you're not uh, wrong. I mean, I filed that in the back of my head like giant worm, how to win. <laughs> Survival right. tips for Just giant worms. Steal a bunch of bones. <laughs> Cover yourself in something that'll cover your scent, and you're good to go. But yeah, I didn't have very many complaints. Um, I don't think I like Tamlin, but other than that, and that's 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 not on the author's fault. That's not her. She wrote him very well. I just think, like as a as a person, I don't know that we'd get along. Um, I'm feeling you on that. Yeah, I do. Like a, so on that note, uh, the next question I would love to ask uh, is which character do you relate to uh, or like most in the book? And I guess the answer is not Tamlin. <laughs> it is not Tamlin. Um, so I, I got thinking about this. I've got some that I like and then probably the one that I relate to. Um, I really liked Alice. I thought that she was a great character who was underappreciated. I really liked the Adder because... I just do. I feel like he was really well written and very metal. So very into that. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, and then Resand or Rise or however you say it. Okay, uh, sand. It's Resand and we will that's a hill we will die on. <laughs> fine. That's fine. Reese, like Reese's piece is Reese. So the also, other, the yeah, other... once you start calling Reese's pieces, you'll never go back. <laughs> nope. Fair enough. That's fair. But then as far as like who I relate to the most, it'd probably be Lucian because my dude is lost in the sauce. He's like, he's doing his best, but he doesn't really know what's going on. Can't do very much about it, but he's trying. He is. And, I, and in fairness, if you've listened, which you have, you've listened to multiple of our episodes, you know that, yeah. yes, I got, I got caught up dude. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I definitely get that argument. Uh, I also really like, I guess, Maybe it goes without saying, but fair, I thought was obviously pretty cool. Definitely got some some trauma going on. Got some well, stuff she needs to work through. Well, like that that's a real thing. Uh, on, on the Archeron sister note, um, if you had to pick which sister you like better at the moment, uh, would you pick Nesta or Elaine? Ah, <laughs> uh, that's hard. Um, <laughs> I feel like Nesta gets a bad rap, but it's tough i will warn you now kelsey and i are on opposing sides of this it's true based 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 solely off the first book based solely off the first book yes uh probably (laughs) nesta because if i don't know that i'd be able because and i'm not saying that it's a problem but elaine's a little bit uh sort seems a little bit superficial like she's she's got a good heart but she doesn't she doesn't care about what's actually happening. And that and is why you and I are both Team Nesta. I don't know if you can see my headband. <laughs> I can. Yep, that's a very cool headband. And um, I'm, I'm wearing Elaine. <laughs> I, I, I can see that side, but for for me, it'd probably have to be Nesta. Yeah, 
Yeah, I feel she's, that. She's, she's grumpy, but I mean, so am I. So That's what I said. Well, <laughs> so am I, but that doesn't justify what a biatch she is to her sisters, specifically I mean, yeah, to her younger. She got some queen bitch energy that she could really learn to tone down. But that's okay. Sure. That's, that's what other books are for. I mean, apparently she doesn't learn, but that's a whole different discussion for a whole different day. <laughs> well, she right. does by the end of the very last one, but I'm not going to give away any spoilers beyond that other than saying she does. And I mean, Elaine has done a lot that I'm not a fan of either. I, <laughs> I have to say that too. And I'm not, I'm I don't know. I have my own issues with both of the other sisters. So. Well, we've talked briefly about the, our feelings on their father. So, I mean, obviously this family does not have like really great winning personality traits in general. I, I'm curious to see what Elaine's story is going to come out to be. Nesta just had so much nonsense dumped on her. Like, hey, your sister got abducted and now your family's rich. And then, oh wait, she's back. But wait, people are trying to kill her. Sorry. Uh, like I feel like she, for everything that she had to handle, because she knew better. That yeah, in mattered. fairness, that had to be wild to not like for the glamour to not work. Right. Yeah. But I agree. Like I feel like she's earned some. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, <laughs> I, I feel like she's earned that a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's fair. Okay, so as a dude, <laughs> you may relate to different parts and people in the books than, like, Kim and I would. So, do you have, like, a favorite part? I've been practicing this. Ready? Ready? That's a great <laughs> question. Thanks for asking. <laughs> Ooh, we tried. You gotta say that on podcast. You do. You I, do. I did the research. I, that's that's what it said. Um, favorite part is probably pretty easy. That's, that'd be um, once she got onto the mountain and shit went sideways. I, I'm I thought, with you. Yeah, I thought that like I was, I was in for the first parts, but when it picked up, I'm like, all right, we're we're going now. All right. Because Kim and I felt the same way about like that part of the book feeling like a little different and like liking it better <laughs> because when we broke the book up into episodes, we had to talk about the fact that it kind of feels like two different books. <laughs> right, right. Because in the in the beginning, like like I said, it's it's good still, but it is a, definitely a different more intense tone at, towards the end and so, so much happens in such a short period of time because like <laughs> if you do read it on kindle you're like watching the little like ticker click up being like you're this percentage through the book and so when you get to under the mountain you're already like 70 percent through the book and you're like i'm confused like how are we going to start a whole new plot point here <laughs> And you start it, and it's like watching the roller. Co- it's like being on that roller coaster, man. People talk. I mean, it's the best analogy. It's like you've literally gone over the hill finally, yep. and it's yep. just from here on out. It is just a. It's an adrenaline rush. There was that slow, slow climb, and then there's a few little hills, like when they find the the fairy in the fountain or the head yep. in the yep. fountain, and yeah. the one with the things ripped off, and then the next thing you know, you're like, oh, shit, not real. We're we're doing this. Buckle <laughs> up. Right. Guess we're here. Which trial was your favorite? Ooh. Uh, I, don't even, I don't even know if Kim, did you tell me which trial is your favorite? My favorite trial of the three. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually a tie for me. Um, one in three. 
I like one because of the way she has to think so fast. I mean, she she literally figured shit out so quick. She really did. And 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 kind of got it and did it and and in that sense, like you really see how her mind works in a way. Yeah. That um. I think from that point on, I I kind of always knew in the back of my head she was going to survive, like she was going to get through it. And so I think that for me was kind of the, I like that. I mean, two was kind of I have to say. I mean, I got the point of it, but I was like, eh. Um, three, three was hard for me, like on an emotional level, because her having to kill two fairies, I, I got the point. I totally understood it. It just emotionally it wrecked me. Like it was, it was hard. I mean, I'm a very empathetic person, as you know, yeah. Kelsey. So for me, the empathy side just really, like I struggled. Um, and I was a little frustrated that it took her so long to figure some stuff out about Tamlin, but you know, at the end. <laughs> I'm like, dude, God, really? It took you this long? Okay. So, yeah. so I binged y'all's podcast in preparation for tonight. I will listen to it while I was playing video games today. Something that I didn't realize that I got thinking about for the third trial was uh-huh. that earlier she can smell him. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, at the end, she couldn't smell. Like, that didn't tip her off until they took the hood off. Like I know. You'd think that yeah. maybe she'd have figured that out, but no. And not unless that. unless just to be safe, Amarantha hid his scent. Could be. Could but be. But also, she, why would she bother? Because she's not a high fae at this point. So like she like she, to her, she would think that a human couldn't even possibly do that. And it could just be that Farah had just so much else on her mind with having to kill two other random people that as far as she knew, like to, she didn't know him. And, right. Um, so it could just be that, like, she had other stuff on her mind. And hey, know that guy. Um, could also as as, be that she's been sniffing some other men who smell specifically. Like, I'm sorry, what is it? Fucking citrus and salt or some shit. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so definitely, definitely some stuff. She's been sniffing there. up on some other man for weeks at that point. <laughs> right. Um. The first trial appealed to the Witcher fan in me because that's all about like preparing and setting yourself mm-hmm. up to be able to to kill monsters. So I I definitely like that part. For me, the the second trial was really interesting because like they talked about her being illiterate, and I feel like in other stories or whatever, like that might get brought up in the beginning and then it's not really a thing anymore. But there, it's like, hey, you're gonna die because you don't know how to read. Oh yeah, and then she gets out of it but like for me that was that was something where i'm like huh that uh that ended up mattering because like i said some places it doesn't matter but it was cool that it did here um but i can guarantee you amarantha didn't know she couldn't read sure but i i still thought that it was interesting that's no, why I get that. that's why the second one's actually my favorite trial <laughs> right like because I feel like it's just such a fucking fail. Like the first one, like as a reader, the first one you're like, yeah, I couldn't do that. So I'm just not even going to pretend it's fine. And like the third one, you're like, damn, this is such a disaster. I just can't even. But that second one, that's the only one is like a normal reader. You're like, oh, I could probably do this one. Oh, but you can't. Damn, that sucks. (laughs) Yeah. And now I have the thunderstorm. There you oh, go. Oh yeah, see it left my house. <laughs> you may house. have it. 
It's consistency. People were promised a thunderstorm by any means. Now it's, now it's at my house. That's right. That's okay, Matt. It'll be at yours probably in about an hour. Here's hoping. <laughs> Fingers crossed. That's right. Well, while we're talking about the soundtrack to the episode, uh, Matt, did you come up with any additions to the soundtrack for our, our book one playlist? <laughs> I did, actually. Ooh, ooh, let me get a paper and pen. Hang on. <laughs> oh, no, he's high tech. He put them into a Spotify playlist. <laughs> they are they are in Spotify under ooh. under the name. Um, so Can I don't we have link any to that so everyone can find it? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. So there's no David Bowie in here. My music taste has been described as eclectic. I don't, I don't think that the person who said that has any taste themselves, so it really doesn't matter. But uh, <laughs> I listen to a lot of metal and quite a bit of rap. Um, so that's those are the genres from which I pick from. And these aren't in any particular order. Um, the one that I'm most proud of putting in is called good grief by an artist named dessa um and it talks about uh people's i can't remember the lyric exactly um but it talks about the concept of good grief and like grief that's in the past mm -hmm. uh which made me think of something that kelsey had said and because like i said i binged them to today and you had said something about how her, she reminisced about fire night and you're like that's not a good time and i'm like at that point though it was way better than where she was <laughs> so that was that was why i put that in there um there's another song called got a lot of walls by atmosphere i picked that for tamlin because my man needs to work on that oh does he yeah <laughs> accurate <laughs> yeah then i had two that could kind of flip-flop for what they're about uh, one of them's called Nightmare by Avenged Sevenfold. The other one's called Out to Get You by Blood's Temple. Um, I said Nightmare for under the, for just like the whole time under the not, not under the mountain because um, it's your fucking nightmare. Like that that seemed to fit pretty well to me. Mm -hmm. And then uh, for Fire Night, some things are out to get you. They're out to do you wrong. That reminded me of the the scene where. Uh, Resand comes in and saves Farah. Yeah. Then there's another one called The Killer by a band called Devil You Know that made me think of Trial Three because yeah. I'm the that that was something that messed her up. There's a song called Scratch and Claw by Dropout Kings that made me think of the first trial. Yeah. Um, I thought that fit pretty well. Uh, there's one called Outlander by a band called Ginger. Ginger's one of my favorite bands. They're in here twice. Um, Outlander is about not being of this planet or of this world. And that made me think of when Farrah returns home and she's like, I don't know anybody here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, some, some, I'm not in Kansas anymore. I mean, I wasn't in Kansas a minute ago, but this don't feel good. <laughs> right. Especially where she sees Isaac and she's like, yeah, that, uh, nope. Nope, I'm I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other ginger song is called "On the Top." Uh, that made me think of uh, Resand, where because one of the lyrics is "Is it lonely on the top?" I feel like he's up there, and mm -hmm. 
for most of the time he's pretty lonely especially when he comes back to see fair and just like slumps into the ground and she's like what's your problem he's like i I just need a minute (laughs) i love that scene that's like probably one of my favorite scenes out of the entire yes because like you figure he's a high lord sure he's got some stuff going on at the time but all the places he could go and he picked he had to go to somebody else's jail cell to get a minute like that's there's something telling isn't it yeah there's another one called meet the monster by five finger death punch meet the monster you helped create thought about uh tamlin at the very end when he uh stabs amarantha in the face um meet meet the monster you helped create that i feel like that fits really well Mm-hmm. It does. Um, it does. <laughs> there's a song called "God's Gone Crazy" uh, by Mers. Um, it says, "Whom the gods was to kill, they first make crazy." I just felt like the entire trials. Um, yeah. Amaranth was out to kill, <laughs> kill Fair, and she was out to make her crazy first. There's another one called "Let Me Love You" by Cobra and the Lotus. I felt like Farrah talking to Tam the entire time, like just, just let me, just let me stop. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to be a, he wanted to be a little dick, but uh, well, he is. But that's yeah, he's he's kind of the worst. <laughs> and Kelsey and I talked about this the other day, but Tamlin felt like every asshole my friends have ever dated, like just supreme, supremely. Sh- just doing the bare minimum and being rewarded for doing the bare minimum. Yes. Just just super frustrating. And again, not, not the author's fault at all. I thought that she did a very good job writing him. Just him as a person is a, Dildo. Um, well, I think as soon as he said that, as soon as he described it as like every like, asshole your friends ever dated, I was like, oh, I feel like that. I was like, that's the feeling. Yeah. I couldn't figure it out. Like the whole first book, I was like, there's just something about him that makes me mad, but I couldn't figure yeah. out what it was. Because you're reading this book and he's being a shitty communicator. He's not, he's acting like he knows better even the times that he doesn't. He's not, he's just like, oh, well you want to paint so here's some paint and stuff and you don't need to know what i'm doing just paint stuff (laughs) right uh, he doesn't listen to her yeah and that's the thing that bothers me but uh so yeah well we'll talk about that when i come back for book two Um, (laughs) oh okay i know this is not what we're talking about right now but i just feel like you have to have feelings about this now that we're talking about tamlin Um, so are we all on the same page that deciding that when you have five fucking minutes under the mountain and you finally get to see, uh, yo girl, would you fucking decide to try to do it in the hallway in like five minutes? Or would you spend your time doing literally anything else? Anything else. That's probably, well, I don't know how long it takes to get under the mountain, but I probably spend the necessary amount of time to leave. Or I might go the other way and like find Amarantha's place and then just like as a big fuck you to her, just like lay it all out there. But probably not like in the hallway. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. As long as we're not the only one, I was like, oh, he's got to have feelings about this because I still think that that is like the like fuck all stupidest scene of the entire book. Yeah. But it doesn't just prove to me what a douche canoe he is. Yeah. Um, So, so on that note, though, I also play D and D, and the D and D move is as soon as the boss is dead, like you go through all their stuff. Right. 
I could see doing that. I could see like, hey, I'll see you in a minute. I'm going to look around, see if there's any plus one long swords in here. Right. Uh, I'll meet you outside. But uh, but yeah, either getting out, making a statement, or or looting the bejesus out of everything. Exactly. <laughs> Literally not, anything, but doing it in the hallway. <laughs> yeah, not not finding a finding a hallway because you also figure that all those other people in there somebody's going to be in the hallway unless he glamored them so that was something else that pissed me off pretty good was was the whole concept of of her not being able to see because he decided she didn't need to see that's not up to him in my opinion <laughs> again he's a that, was, that was a whole thing i want to say because i knew that kelsey was going to be asleep but i was sending messages just because I knew I wouldn't think about it after I got done. And I want to say that was one of the things that was significant enough. It was one of the things I woke up to was you being like, wait a minute, wait a minute. He didn't let her see. (laughs) Yeah. I I want to say my exact words were something along the lines of glamour's bullshit or felt like a gimmick or something. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And it, again, that wasn't, that wasn't the author's fault That, that as a mechanic in the story, it works, but as, as me reading Tamlin and him as a character, not a fan. Um, so, so do you know what a bunch of fans have call him now? Like after book one, especially after book two, do you know what they call him? I don't. So I only ever saw memes like the other day because they randomly popped up in my Instagram discover. And I'm like, how did it know I was talking about this? But that's a whole. <laughs> I, well, I you know, that's, that is a different thing. It's, that's yeah. all, I didn't mind. I'm like, oh, this is pretty funny. Um, well, no, one of the nicknames... But I haven't done any the, investigating or anything. Uh, one of the nicknames the fandom has for Tamlin, and you can definitely tell those of us who are not fans of his, <clears throat> he is Tamlin the Tool. That that fits. Yeah. It does. He is such yeah. a tool. Yeah. I also thought it was interesting how you all talked about how the serial's like, stick by the High Lord, and then you're like, doesn't really specify which one, just kind of situational. Um, <laughs> Pick a High Lord, any High Lord. There's seven. yeah. yeah, yeah. Find which one fits your current situation and stick to right. him. <laughs> and I'm still not even sure that Tamlin was the one that fit for the majority of it, but I guess it was easy. Well, that's what Kim and I talked about. And like, we can talk about it in this bonus episode because everyone's read at least book, like everyone who's listening to this has read at least book one and possibly True. the others. And so like, Kim and if I If you saying, haven't, we tried. <laughs> we did try. There should like, be no spoiler alerts here. Right. Kim and I were like, I don't understand. Like, like she had to, like, I guess at the beginning it has to be stay with the High Lord means with Tamlin because she has to stay with him right. long enough to, like, fall in love with him. But it's like, right. beyond that, it can't possibly mean him because right. <laughs> he accomplishes, like, nothing after that. <laughs> well, okay, if we're, if we're going to do this, can I, can I drop a spoiler in after book one into book two? Spoiler friends, spoiler friends, please just, sh- just, I don't know, skip ahead for 45 seconds or some shit. Okay, Kim, what's your spoiler? <laughs> All right, so here's my thing. So, you know, we're talking about Pickle High Lord, and then, you know, in book two, because all three of us have read book two, you know, even Resand starts going after her when she's in the night court the first time, and he makes the whole, you know, he does the whole comment, you know, well, how, what does Tamlin know? How come he never responds to this? I always seem to know what's going on. And it's just, he's showing her more understanding and empathy than Tamlin has ever, ever shown her. He was being a little bit of a dick about it. Like, hey, look at how respective I am, but 
Like, we get it, bro. Calm, calm down. I know he's being an ass about it. I mean, but, I totally get he's being an ass. But he but has something to, to be God, an ass about. Yeah. <laughs> Another huge point of contention for me was the part where uh, Alice reveals this whole prophecy or whatever. And, like, if I was fair, I'd have been like, wait a minute. Hold up. Time out. Pause. So I've been manipulated through this whole plot prophecy type mm-hmm. deal. Nobody want to tell me about any of this. I'd have, I'd have been upset. Right? I'd, Absolutely. I'd have had some feelings. Right? Yes. Like, no, first of all, you, you baited, baited me into killing one of your friends, who I guess also should have been upset, but he's dead, so I guess it can't be. But, <laughs> but uh, baited me into killing one of your friends, and something she did not do well with, not oh. as bad as with killing the fairies later, but did not do well with killing that big wolf. Uh, yeah. And then has been coerced into coming in and him just making just awful empty plays at at getting her to to love him or whatever and i'm just like this is this is some bullshit like i feel like she should have been mad yeah, uh, yeah i totally feel that i know you probably had more songs when i took us on a tam i hate tamlin and what the fuck is wrong with everybody tangent <laughs> so did you have more no, songs you wanted to share <laughs> i think I think I only had two. One of them was uh, You Will Know My Name by Arch Enemy. Oh, good song. I picked that one for Amarantha because lead singer for Arch Enemy, whose name escapes me at present, uh, is, a, is a woman, and her vocals on that I felt like fit Amarantha's uh, image well. Um, and then the last one I had was Facade by Disturbed which is about getting away from an abuser. And I couldn't think of a situation in which to fit this in, but I just felt with how manipulative Tamlin was, I'm sure I could have figured it out somehow. Exactly. You're like, this just fits wherever the listener feels the need. (laughs) Right. I don't know. I think it's applicable definitely for book two. I would definitely agree with it for for book. Yeah, so um, we don't know if you heard. You probably have because probably Kim and I haven't shut up about it. But supposedly we're getting an Akatar TV show. Yeah. I did hear that rumor. <laughs> so, so would you watch that? <laughs> so here's the thing. My schedule is just is, is, is a problem is not conducive to watching tv um if it all comes out at one time i could binge it if that happens absolutely if it's weekly uh that'd get complicated like i'm a huge star wars fan bad batch is coming out on disney plus right now but it's every week and it's supposed to be 16 episodes which is like i i can't I can't start it yet because I nope. got it. it. It all needs to be out. Yeah. I, I can't do it. I had the same problem with the Mandalorian. Um, great show once I got to it, but I, I couldn't for a while. So if this, if this all comes out at one time, probably. Um, I doubt it. Well, I bet it'll be weekly episodic, which but once it's all out, once it's all out, I will at least give it a chance. So Witcher, when it got its TV show, 
I'm a huge Witcher fan. I read all the books before I would play any of the video games. And then I played all the video games. And then when I saw the TV show was a thing, I'm like, oh, hell yeah. And then it, it was it was fine. <laughs> um, That's how you feel there, Matt. <laughs> uh, so it was modeled after the first book. And this, mm-hmm. uh, this isn't the point of y'all's podcast, but it was modeled after the first book. The first book was a collection of short stories. Right. Felt like it stuck to that pretty well but it just didn't translate to tv um that makes sense i so can see that would be an it, issue it makes me wary of of adaptations like that because that was the first one that i really cared about getting adapted mm-hmm. uh, actually that's not true series of unfortunate events i thought that went really well um but after that or whenever it happened around that i was i like henry cavill i thought he did a great job as gerald but uh it was a little disjointed because I was also like, Hey, everybody should watch Witcher. And then my people, my friends who had not watched or read or interacted with Witcher before that, like that being their first in, I'm like, ah, maybe I should, maybe that wasn't the best place to start. So I will definitely give it a chance when, when that happens, once all of it is available. Yeah. In fairness, I'm a little wary too, but I'm also like really excited. (laughs) Yeah. I'm wary, but as I've told, as you've heard me say on the podcast, and as I've told Kelsey, I said, I, I, you know, I have faith. I mean, Ron Moore has proved himself with both the Battlestar Galactica reboot that he did. For sure. And definitely, and definitely when he did the adaptation for, um, for Outlander. I mean, right. look at it, the success. Yes, they're not quite on top of where the author is, but, um, you know, there's, there's only a few more seasons to go before they're going right. to get to where she is. Who knows? I mean, they, they may, I don't know where they're going to go with it from this point on out. But The other thing I worry about is that it gets canceled prematurely. That'd be a yeah. huge bummer because that's, that's definitely a real thing with, because it's coming <laughs> out on Hulu, right? Like yeah. Just on Hulu. Yeah, so. And a lot of would... people on TikTok have said that. They've been like, if the general audience population who didn't read the book fucks this up for all of us and gets it canceled at the end of season one where we're still stuck with fucking Tamlin. I'm going to be so pissed. <laughs> yeah, that, that would, that would be a problem. Um, it's a small one. But I, but I'd like to see it. I, I think it would be good. I think it would be good as a precedent and also hopefully good as a, as a medium in general. So. Do you have then, any fan casting predictions? <laughs> So I, I tried. Um, my problem, and I, I talked to you about this a little bit, is that for whatever reason, and I don't watch that much, but for whatever reason, when I read the book, everybody in my head was an anime character. I don't, I don't watch that much anime, but for some reason, like, like Tamlin was, um, what's the guy's name from Seven Deadly Sins? I can't remember his name, but he was he was the main character from Seven Deadly Sins, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that that was what he looked like in my head. And so I have no idea who that looks like in real life. <laughs> um, fair, fair. That's totally fair. My son watches a lot of anime. Yeah, and like it worked for me, and it made for an interesting read. Um, but as far as fan casting, I I couldn't help you. His name is <laughs> shit. That's okay. We finally. Um... Doesn't fit at all, but uh, that's that's who I see. <laughs> uh, 
that's okay. Uh, another one that didn't work. Um, again, it's not a spoiler because if you haven't read the book, it's just a name. Uh, first time I read the second book, I decided that Cassian was uh, Chris Hemsworth. And it just, it, it is, and there's nothing I can do about it. <laughs> and what none of you all can see is Kelsey totally cracking up at me, violently shaking my head no. Yes, yes. No. Well, yeah, like the no. deeper you read, but like when you have to pick something when you hear a name in like three words, <laughs> it's hard to get rid of stuff. <laughs> so while we're on the topic, Cassian's great. He's my favorite. <laughs> just like getting that out there. Same thing with Azrael. Yeah, just throw that out there early, friends. <laughs> if, like an as Cassian's my favorite. Like if, Kelsey and I have had this conversation. He's my favorite. If you've read the first book and you're on the fence about the second book, read read the second book because you'll you'll enjoy it. Yes. Because um, there are some people you just have to meet. <laughs> have to. Just there's so Cameron, Morgan, Cassian, Azrael. Okay, so we've established that you would probably try to watch the TV show, you know, like schedule allowing. Um, right. Are there any like scenes from book one that you think would just like, we talked a little bit about how we all have like a theater background and like, so we all have like this like visual arts background. So are there any scenes you just think will like translate really well to screen and you just think will be really cool to watch? Um. I'd be excited to see Under the Mountain. Yeah. I'd be excited to see Fire Night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess it's cheesy, but that one scene where Tamlin shortens the table, I'm like, all right, I'll give you that one. Yeah. That would be kind of cool, cool. Wouldn't it? That'd be like the special effects job from hell, but that'd be cool. Right. Like if they could pull that off, that'd be pretty cool. Um, that would be CGI. fun. I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be CGI. There's no other way around it. Um, I think lifting the glamour could be cool. Yeah. Again, yeah. I hated that that was even a thing, but like, I, f- I feel like for the TV show, that could be a cool, cool scene. Yeah, that would be cool. Like we talked about in one of our episodes about how like I sort of feel like the glamour would be cool all the time in the show because like I yeah. also think it would be really cool it would like when Lucian's trying to hide her from Reese when Reese walks yeah. in during dinner. Yeah. And that like I, I love that because like I said like we as the audience know what he's doing but it has to look Ooh. from Reese's perspective like Lucian's just right. standing there. <laughs> right. Yeah pressing the curtains into the wall for some reason. Don't yeah, he's just holding curtains. the window up. <laughs> right. Like like I said, lost in the sauce, but doing his best. <laughs> he really is. I love him. <laughs> oh, also, like these ideas are not that well formed on Tamlin's part. Like he's got half an idea most of the time. Yeah. And Lucian's just <laughs> sure. like, all right, I guess we're doing it. Yeah, I said that. To, I think I said that to you, Kim, the other day. I think I, te- mm-hmm. I messaged you about it where I was like thinking about recording. And I was like, you know, I just feel like the first time I read the book, I was just like, wow, like Lucian and Tamlin have this really close friendship. And then the second time reading it, I was like, Lucian, get the fuck out of there. <laughs> like, right. Lucian, stop. <laughs> like, you're smarter Ooh. than he is. 
He is Run. not. He is not good for you, bro. You can do <laughs> right. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, that's so great that they're like so close and like they have each other's back. And I'm like, no, okay, mostly it's just Lucian having Taylor's back. Well, right. exactly. Except for the one time when it's stupid, which is when Tamlin doesn't fucking talk the whole time Favor's under the mountain. And then it's like, okay, we're going to whip Lucian. And he's like, but don't do that. <laughs> right. That, the fuck? Yeah. He, I don't know. He's, he's the perfect sidekick. He, but also, <laughs> he doesn't need to be. <laughs> No, I mean, Lucian is a great ride or die. Yeah. Which, at some point, and like I said, I'm only to book two, but if he dies, I'm going to be like, ah, damn. <laughs> Tamlin. I'm not sure how, but this is your fault. Yeah, I I feel that. Yeah. I think we all feel that with Tamlin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you want to hope that, you want to think that he's doing his best, but is he? Are we sure? I have this problem where I was like, okay, I obsessively read these books. I read them to the point of like losing sleep and and thinking way too hard about them. I mean, we've started a fucking podcast. So I was like, right. I need to put this down. And then what did I do, Kim? Then what did I do? Read all three of those fucking Hades books in like three days. <laughs> so, yeah. Not, not counting... On my Kindle alone, I have read, well, it takes 12, 12 years to read, to read up. It is May 26th. Yeah. I've already read 87 books on my Kindle alone. That doesn't count what I've read on my Nook, and that doesn't count what I've listened to in Audible. Yeah. Yeah. So between the first two books, I read two wrestling biographies and one of the Dritz books from D&D &D and one of the Doc James Bond books and book about Bushido and a Star Wars book and a Viking book so I can read like two and two different halves of books I can read one leisurely like right now I'm reading one about World War II mm -hmm. and I can read one about work which is Lights and Sirens by right. I don't remember then I'm reading Dragon Ball manga and oh. Hulk comic cool so I don't count those last two as real books because lots of pictures because they're visual right. but right. um but I, I can do two real books at a time, but one work-related, one not. One of the ones that was interesting is called Bulletproof Spirit. It's about, like, mental health and first responders, um, which talking about mental health and, like, post-traumatic stress and then reading the second book, very interesting. I can imagine. There's a lot of correlation there, as yeah. you're aware. Um, well, that's something I really like about Sarah J. Maas. She handles trauma and ptsd with her characters so well she like she 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 realistically portrays depression um, and and other kinds of trauma and trauma response and you know a lot of fantasy writers they talk about it but they don't they don't really handle it well right the psychology felt very valid and real yes like it does yeah I, I like that about her writing. It's one of the things I'm I'm a fan of. 
So we should do a quick wrap up. Um, pretty excited that we, like I said, had our, we have our first guest and we have a dude. So thank you for coming on. Thank you. Happy to help. I had a lot of fun. Hey, you know, it's great to have, like, it really is fun to have a male perspective. Like, especially what I like is, you know, this is a female protagonist and right. so much of the fantasy I grew up reading, the protagonist was always male. And so, you know, this new, this new wave of, of writers doing fantasy with the female protagonist for a change is so refreshing for me because, I mean, I'm, I'm 49. I just turned 49. I admit it. I have no problem with that. But when, you know, I was reading fantasy, like, really for the first time in the 80s, you know, I'm reading Alan Dean Foster and Spider Robinson and Heinlein and Asimov and, you know, that's a they're all male um right. dragon riders of pern is really the only stuff that really had females in it and so it's it's a very different perspective now from you know from the female to hear a female voice be so strong in all these fantasy books that i've been reading and you know it's kind of exciting to have a guy to talk to about this. personally i i thought that was great and interesting for me because a lot of the like you said a lot of the other books are from male perspectives so even just getting the change was like all right well, this is what she's thinking about right and that that was something that i found interesting and and part of what hooked me was like all right well let's let's see how she handles this and it was good well yeah. i appreciate it so we do you. appreciate it yeah. it's been it's been so fun to talk to you and we're super excited because it sounds like you're down to come talk to us at the end of book two yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's booked. Get it? See what I did there? Book pun. Did it? Ah, I love it. <laughs> well played. It is pun day, so. Well, we're at the end where we do the thing it's, where we plug all of our things. Day. Are there any? Are there? Are there any things you want to plug before before we sign off? Like, do you do do you have any things where you're like, yeah, you should check me out on the interwebs? <laughs> I mean, you can if you want to. Uh, I'm stranger. What am I? <laughs> Stranger Golem 49 on Instagram. I post all kinds of pictures on there. Some of them are dogs, some of them are books, some of them are knives and watches and whatever else I think I need to take a picture of. Cool. Um, on Twitter, I am Stranger Golem, not 49, just Stranger Golem. Uh, I talk about pro wrestling a lot on there for some reason. Uh, those are probably the best two if you're that interested. Love um, it. Yeah. Awesome. And always, as always, you can find us on all of the things with massive fans being two A's for massive because we are so funny. <laughs> so, haha. So, the website, massivefansbookclub.com, Facebook at massivefansbookclub and podcast, Twitter at massivepodcast, Instagram at massivefanspodcast, Pinterest at massivefans, and TikTok at massivefanpod. I think that's all, it covers all the bases. <laughs> It does, I think. If there are any more, I think we're in trouble. If there are any more, don't don't tell me about them because I can't keep up. <laughs> okay, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Did it.